Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, currently coming to you from south, not north, south of Daytona Beach, Florida. We're going to spend another few weeks uh, soon in Cocoa Beach, and then we'll start our four to five week journey back to the Chesapeake Bay. Everybody likes to know where, where is the floating home? That's where we are. <laughs> I have a great interview for you today. In fact, he's promised it will be the best interview in seven years, so that's quite a Paul Ross is an author, speaker, trainer, master hypnotist, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. For the last 30 years, he's taught tens of thousands of people the power of language to persuade, sell, to heal, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones, and pain into passion. Paul's speeches and trainings have motivated audiences around the world to discover their power to design their own results. He's got a new book called Subtle Words That Sell. Mr. Paul Ross, how are you doing today? It is a pleasure to be here with you. I am joined in my office with Neka Cat, my six-month-old kitten who's demanding attention. So I will do my very best to deliver the very best while Neca is literally <laughs> pawing at me, literally pawing at me, wanting to be scratched. And well, no played. wonder you and, and our mutual friend Adam Homie get along so well. You're both cat daddies, huh? Uh, we are cat lovers to the extreme. <laughs> Sorry about that little timer, folks. I was um, filling up my water tank, and if I don't set a timer in about three seconds, I'll be on to five other things. But I did turn it off, so I don't have to run out of here, so it's good. I just forgot to turn off the timer. Anyway, you know, Paul and I have known of each other, and I think we were just discussing that um, we've had a conversation, I want to say it was about four or five years ago for Dream Business Radio, which in its early days was called Stick Like Glue Radio, which... Uh, um, was named after my second book. And um, so, Paul, it's, it's really interesting that uh, we seem to come around about it. I don't know. It's not, it's not a millennium and it's not even, I don't know, leap year. But every once in a while, we come back together because you're, you're launching a new program or, or promoting uh, a new book, which you've written quite a few, right? I've written a couple, but I'm most proud of this one. You know, oh, here's the word you know. I said, don't use that phrase. But I'll make it clear. <laughs> What I wish to emphasize is that I've been thinking and teaching and writing about these ideas since 2005. So the book took me about 14 years of thought and teaching and experimentation. It was about four months in the writing. So the length of time that it took to write does not reflect the amount of time that's gone into perfecting the ideas. So 15 to 16 years of thought went into about four months of then uh, pouring it out of your brain. You got it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, subtle words that sell. Why, why is this, um, uh, besides your latest and greatest, and that's what we all, we all you know, are, we're most attached to the most current hit record, so to speak. <laughs> why is this one so important? I think it's a totally, I don't want to curse on your program, but it's a bat-esque different way 
of looking at selling. My intention is to turn the entire world of sales on its ear. My ideas about selling are pretty unique, and so let me get started by giving you a couple of them. To me, you're never selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. And the challenge with that is your prospects don't come to you in a mindset that's totally focused on you, that's clear about what they want, that believes that they deserve whatever it is you're offering, and they're in a state of mind where they can clearly see the ratio of value to the amount of investment. They just aren't there. So your job is to take the state they start in and to create the states of consciousness through which they're most likely to positively receive your message. So selling being about creating different states of consciousness, about expanding your prospect's consciousness and mind to include your ideas is a totally topsy-turvy Alice in Wonderland way of looking at things. But what I want to say about that is it's the very ways of thinking, feeling, acting, and responding that are so far outside of what we're used to doing that hold the potential for bringing us results that are far greater than what we're used to enjoying. So when you say what we're used to doing as salespeople, um, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing, I've been in selling my whole life. I, but I think, when, you know, in the early courses, when I was 21 years old, I took this VHS video course and it was all, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was all, VHS. yeah, man, it was all about features and benefits. And, you know, you know, today I know that people buy emotionally. They don't buy logically. That's kind of what you, you alluded to there. Well, that's sort of true. Uh, making sure that people understand benefits is very important. Uh, I, uh, the rules of selling still somewhat apply, but here's the difference. The consciousness of your buyer or potential buyer or prospect client today is radically different than, say, 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Nowadays, people are incredibly distracted. They have the approximate attention span of a goldfish. Think about this. Back in the good old days when you and I started out in business, there were really no cell phones. There were car phones. But generally speaking, for our purposes, there were no cell phones. There was no instant message. There was no text. There was no Instagram, no Tinder. Not that I know anything about Tinder. <coughs> Check. <laughs> and so nowadays, people are incredibly distracted, and they have too many choices. And as we know, a confused mind makes no choices. But what I would like to add is a distracted mind, an unfocused mind, a checked out mind makes no choices. Nowadays, I think you would be hard-pressed to say, are your biggest barriers to your closing a sale, making a successful sale, gaining a client for life, are they your competition? Are they the fact that your clients have become more skeptical because they've seen it all and heard it all before? Or is it the fact that they, they're checked out? They're simply checked out. They cannot stay present and they cannot stay focused on your presentation. So how do you create a state of intense focus that you can continue to reinforce throughout the presentation? It's very hard to, um, and I think you're right. And, you know, to put myself on the block here for a minute, years and years ago, because I'm so much of a better husband today, and I can say that because my <laughs> wife's not here, but years ago, Stephanie would come home from work and want to talk to me about her day. And, and I'd have the TV on, I'd be looking at it. I know, horrible husband. And then I thought I, I thought I 
gained all kinds of credit when I would mute the TV. <laughs> and then I graduated even further when I turned the TV off. And then I, when I turned it off and looked at her and focused and had a conversation, that's when I really stepped up and stopped being a caveman. But, you know, today, you're right. When In the early days when I was in, I was in retail for a long time and, you know, people would come into the store they weren't carrying, you know, first of all, it started out being that 10 pound phone over your shoulder. They didn't have that. They didn't have anything. They, they were literally there as long as you could engage them. But today, whether you're online or offline, your, your people are multitasking like crazy. So let me give you a metaphor because I like to teach in metaphors. I like to train and coach in metaphors. Consider this. We have a current of electricity. Now we have a sheet of cardboard and a sheet of gold foil, same electric current. This is not a trick question. This is a real question. Which one of those two mediums will conduct the electric current, the sheet of well, cardboard or the sheet of gold foil? I uh, want to say the gold foil. That's correct. That's the correct, the correct answer. So think of your message that you want to get across to your prospect, your client, your customer, or your buyer, your seller, whatever it is, as being the electricity and the state of consciousness that they're in as being either the gold foil of being focused, of being ready to believe you, of believing they deserve to get what you have to offer, or the cardboard sheet of being checked out, of being cynical, of being overwhelmed by different choices. Here's the thing. There's a paradox. And where there's paradox, there's power. Your prospects are both dumbed down and they're also wisened up. They're wisened up because they've heard and seen all the taglines, haven't they? They've seen the assumed closes. They've heard all the things that you might want to throw at them. They've heard it before. A tactic identified is a tactic disarmed. So I prefer to do something as a hypnotist that at first is going to seem really crazy. But you may have a deeper insight as you continue to listen to me and think to yourself, wait a minute. Paul's onto something. So I think you have to create states of focus. And we do this, this is just a little tiny bit of what I teach. I use what I like to call implied relationship words. Implied relationship words do just that. They imply to the unconscious mind of the listener that you already have a relationship. People talk about, well, you people buy from other people who know, like, and trust you. You've heard this before, have you not? Mm -hmm. This begs the question, I have. How do you, well, it begs the question, if people are checked out and have no attention span, how do you establish that trust if you only have 30 seconds to three minutes? <laughs> you know, it's a hell of a lot harder. So I like to use what I call implied relationship words. We together share promise. These are some of them. So it would sound like this. Here's the wrong way to do a sales presentation. Before I show this to you today, before I show you the marketing plan, I just want to say, please, I just want to encourage you to please ask whatever questions might come up for you. That's typical pattern. Yes? yes. I would say something like, before we explore this marketing plan together, I'd just like to ask humbly if you would promise me to do one thing. Will you promise me you'll share the questions that naturally occur when a great decision is going to be made? Now, do you hear the difference between those two things? Yeah, it's before, getting a buy-in to the, what's going to happen. Exactly. Before we explore this together, we, not I, 
together before we explore this together. So we together implies relationship, implies relationship. I'd just like to humbly ask for one promise. Do we promise things to people who we don't trust? Hmm. It's not a rhetorical question. No, we don't. Right. Will you promise me you'll share? Do we share things with people we don't trust? No. Will you promise me you'll share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is going to be made? Now, this is very, very powerful. In hypnosis, we have an idea called utilization and incorporation. And let me simplify and unpack that. That simply means if we know a client's going to do a behavior, we want to link that behavior to a meaning that serves us. So we know in a presentation, people are going to ask questions. The way I've structured that chain of suggestions reinforces unconsciously that the meaning of their asking questions isn't that they doubt us, isn't that they're cynical. It means they're sharing something with us. It's re every time they ask the question, it reinforces the idea that they're sharing something with someone who's a trusted authority in their world. So this is extremely powerful technique. I know at first listen, it probably is going over people's heads, but if you were to stop and find yourself listening over and over to this episode of Captain Jim's podcast, you may surprise yourself at how quickly, naturally, easily you think, wow, Paul is onto something. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. You know, I know in your book, you talk about the childlike side of your prospect's mind. So Correct. how do you activate and kind of awaken, if you will, the childlike side of your prospect's mind? Well, let's back up and talk about what I mean by the childlike prospect, childlike aspect of your prospect's mind. The unconscious mind has a mechanism to willingly suspend disbelief. We're talking about, well, this is a hypnotic technique the willing suspension of disbelief. We get socialized into doing this at a very early age. In order to go to a movie and enjoy it, you have to suspend your knowledge that you're sitting in the theater with people around you. You have to hallucinate away the actual physical screen. And you have to suspend your disbelief. You have to suspend the disbelief that says this is only a movie. That's why people are really terrified. I've dated women who, I love horror movies. I'm taking them to horror movies and they cover their eyes and chat. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. So they're bringing back <laughs> disbelief. So we are socialized to suspend disbelief. If I say to someone, if I say to a three-year-old or a four-year-old once upon a time, immediately that child will, well, in many cases, settle down because the unconscious mind recognizes, oh, I'm about to hear a story. Three-year-olds don't doubt stories about the three bears or Cinderella or whatever it is. So we can activate those structures by telling stories. Storytelling is a fantastic way to activate the childlike aspect of a prospect's minds using metaphors. These are, these are different ways to do it. And it's also... Again, you can activate that childlike aspect of the prospect's mind by deactivating or depotentiating the left brain. One of the ways you, and this is a gross simplification and a real big overgeneralization, the idea that the left brain is critical, the right brain is receptive. Technically speaking, that's not really true, but as a metaphor, 
as a point of discussion, we'll take it as true. So storytelling, creating that perception that you're a trusted authority in their world. We are hardwired to respond to authority with submission, with belief. There are all sorts of experiments that have proven this. The Milgram experiment, you could Google that or look it up. When that cop flashes, when you see those blue and red lights behind you in traffic, you don't have to think it through unless you're got, got a real something in problem. the trunk. <laughs> yeah, you pull over. So we are pre-programmed, pre-wired to respond to authority. Now, how do we establish that authority? Well, through implied relationship words and also being deliberately vague. Now, this is a very advanced, advanced technique. I would not teach this at a beginning workshop or training. It's an advanced technique. But speaking vaguely, speaking in a way where your prospect fills in the blanks, and this is going to be one where you really have to find yourself listening to the podcast at least two or three more times. But I'll give you an example. If I were really specific, if I said, the reason you're going to find yourself purchasing subtle words and sell is because you know that you want to increase your commissions as a real estate salesperson. And you want to do it in a way that's both of service to your prospective buyers and sellers, but also in a way where you recognize it's going to be much more efficient and much more fun to make a lot more money. That's great. And that's vague in some ways. But what if my listener isn't a real estate agent? What if my real estate, what if my listener is an insurance agent? So I need to be a lot more vague. I could say, as you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm not sure exactly what it is you do for a living. And I think it's reasonably possible that what is true is you do want to find yourself making a lot more money in ways that ethically serve your prospect. So as you continue to listen to me, I'm not sure in all the ways you can imagine yourself applying these techniques, but I'm just honored to be the one to assist you in deciding that you want to do that today. Now that's a big mouthful, but did I say anything specific? No. No. Did I say anything that people can pin down or even consciously remember? No. But in order to make sense of that mouthful of patter, they have to go inside their imagination and make sense of it for themselves. That's how language works. Language in and of itself is hypnotic by nature because it triggers unconscious processes. Is that referred to what similar to what you just did there in NLP is opening a loop? It is a way of opening the loop. Yes. Very good. Good catch. How did you, how did you catch that? I'm well, I've, I've studied a little bit. I'm certainly not the master you are, but, and I've been to so many presentations. I, I kind of picked up on that. I mean, that's a very effective technique. And of course, if you don't close it fully, they're going to want to come talk to you more. Or, that's or, really good. I'm, I'm, I've never had anyone catch me like that. Good job. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, Paul, you know, one of the things people, at least when they're learning sales or wanting to improve in their sales, they're always talking about, oh, how do I overcome the objections? Well, first, I happen to believe if you did the right job initially with positioning, et cetera, et cetera, you've, you should be talking to, a, you know, somebody who kind of wants what you want anyway. But let's, let's say all that aside, objections, getting people past the, the roadblock to saying yes is a big deal for, for salespeople. Right. What can, how can you help us there? Well, there's one, I don't know if I have the 
time to tell this story, but there's one technique that all the other techniques, I teach five or six different ways to do it, but there's one power principle, one technique that does it. It's called the pattern interrupt. The pattern interrupt simply relies on the idea, flows from the idea that people are pattern machines. We look for patterns in everything. When you interrupt a person's autopilot pattern of responding, you create a temporary window of suggestibility through which you can lead them. So let's say, for example, the objection I get, and this is one of my favorite techniques, it's called counterexamples. A counterexample simply is where you take what your prospect gives you and you show them the, the contrary to something they've experienced in their lives. So let me unpack it. Let's say the prospect says, I need more time to think it over. My response with a counterexample would be, have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be the wrong thing to do? Now, that's going to create a temporary stutter in the brain. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Like they're processing like, I thought you were going to walk me down a wind, but you didn't actually. You're kind of, I'm like, you're befuddled, right? <laughs> exactly, because it's also true. Everyone has had that universal experience of taking a line time to think something over and still turned out to be the wrong thing to do. So here's the full thing I would say. Have you ever taken a long time to think something over? It still turned out to be the wrong thing to do. Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize. You really do want to move forward with this today. So thinking about it just like that, what are the concerns we need to clear up for you to realize, yes, this is something you do want to do. Do you understand mm. what we're doing there? So we're switching the meaning of the objection from being time to being clarity, right. which implies, of course, they, it implies, but doesn't say, well, of course, this is a good decision. I just need the clarity to see it. Help me out. And you're also positioning yourself as someone who's there to be a teacher and a helper and a guide, not a salesperson. Not that there's anything wrong with being sales, a salesperson. I think it's one of the most important jobs in the world. You know, that's, I, I love that. It's a great example if, if you're talking with a decision maker and it's something about for or that will benefit them. But, you know, one of the, one of the common things that, that I used to deal with in retail and actually one of my clients deals with today who's a, got a, kind of a high-end product, but it's like I need to talk it over with my spouse or significant other. I have, I have that written down somewhere, but I would say I agree it's important that they get on board with us on this fantastic decision because we want to make sure we're all on the same team. So keeping that in mind, what's the best way to get them on the phone right now? And, and I did, I yeah, and I caught all your implied relationship words yeah, within that right. phrase. It's, I agree it's important that we make sure they're, uh, we're all on the same side and they can recognize we're in this together. So what would we have to do to get them on the phone right now? Or what's the best way to get them on the phone right now? Which implies not are we going to get them on the phone right now, but what's the best way to do it? Right. Mm, pretty good. What about, um, what about the, li <laughs> I know, good for you. Well, actually, th that's funny because I, I, I recognize your confidence in what you do because you do it well. So let me ask you, my, my question here, probably got time for one more question is, um, you know, where it revolves around lack of confidence, you know, people making big decisions because they lack the confidence to do so. They're, they're playing the what if game. Well, what if it doesn't work out? 
Are you talking about the salesperson lacking the confidence or the No, I'm actually talking about the person who's who's considering whatever it is that is being sold, um, lacking the confidence to to say yes to such a big a big decision. Because we're not selling gum. Let's say we're selling a coaching program or we're selling, you know, something of significance. But you're not selling a coaching program. You're selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. You're always I wanna keep bringing it back there. But we need to be a little bit more specific, a little bit narrow, Jim. In what way is that objection manifesting? What are they saying specifically? What would they say? Give me an example of what they would say. I've had clients or potential clients say, well, Jim, I've spent $25,000 with three or four other coaches. I've done this. I've done that. I've wasted money in the past. I've bought things that I haven't implemented, blah, blah, blah. I'd really like to work with you but I've just, you know, and I think it's a case where they, they can't forgive themselves for past mistakes or sins, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think that's rooted in, in lack of confidence as well. That is a toughie. I would say something like, I appreciate that you've had some experiences in the past that haven't worked out the way you wanted them to. And that means that it's really important that you see the value of doing this in a way where you recognize this will really will bring results as we work together. So let's go through any of the things that we need to reemphasize for you to recognize, yeah, I can do this and this really will work for you. Because bear in mind, I'll be with you every step of the way, holding your hand as we move through this because your success is my success. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, what's one thing I should have asked you? I think I got time for like one more question, Paul. What's one thing I should have asked you that I didn't? How did I learn all this stuff? Yeah, there you go. How did I learn all this stuff? Obsessive compulsive disorder. I am obsessively compulsively madly in love with language. My ulterior motive, aside from helping people achieve financial freedom shake their old patterns of thinking and, and making a good living for myself is I want people to fall in love. Not with me, obviously, uh, because I wouldn't necessarily inflict myself on people, but I want them to be as madly in love with language and its ability to structure consciousness, shape decisions and drive behavior. I am in love with words. I am the kid in grammar school who loved diagramming sentences. Did you do that when you were in grade school? Diagramming sentences, subject, noun, verb. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I loved it. I didn't want to go to recess. I loved it. Mm. I just absolutely adored it. I want people to fall in love. That's what I want. And when you're that passionate about something and you're that good at it, you tend to want to spread the word. Well, I think you've gone a long way to uh, getting people to fall in love with the book called Subtle, Subtle Words. Subtle. It's interesting that B is silent, if I, I guess if I say it correctly. Subtle right. words that sell. So uh, let people know where they can get it and, and how they can uh, follow you and, and learn more f from you and about you. Well, I figured this, that my ideas are so out there and so off the wall that I need to give people really, really, really a lot of value and move the free line, so to speak, if they're going to take me on as a coach or a teacher or a trainer or whatever. So I have an entire course that they can get for free. First, they can get my book as an electronic version of my book. I have a beginner's video course on using suggestions, a beginner's course on having sales confidence, 
and then a beginner's course on secrets of real world rapport. It's easy to get it. If you text the word subtle, <laughs> S-U-B-T-L-E, S-U-B-T-L-E, to the number 76626. That's the word subtle to the number 76626. Now, if you're interested in having me on your podcast or training your team, just go to speakerpaulross.com and there's a form you can fill out to connect with me and I'll get back in touch with you ASAP so we can discuss how I can train you or your team or come in and speak. I love doing all those things. Well, Speaker Paul Ross, it was a great interview. I appreciate it. I'd love to have you back on in a couple of months. I, I feel like we barely just scratched the surface. Anytime. And you know what? My naughty kitty cat slept through the whole interview and didn't bother me once. Yeah, but not the fire department. I heard that, oh, you heard the, them. I live right by, I live a thousand feet from the hospital. That's totally fine. I, I, it's, it's re- my dog will bark once in a while. Some, a boat will come in, park next to me and blow their horn. It's, it's, all, it's all real, man. All Paul, good. thank you so much. I really appreciate my your pleasure. time today. My pleasure. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Paul Ross. Make sure you get the book, Subtle Words That Sell. Obviously, Paul knows a great deal about selling and all of this cool stuff. And, and all, you know, I really believe that he did put in, uh, what did I say, 14 or 15 years into this book. So um, get that. And uh, I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. And if you're only connected with me via this podcast, which after seven years would be some kind of a horrible mistake you need to correct, go to getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in coaching with me, you can go to dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.